welcome back to another episode of Finding Solace. Today, I am here again with Sarah Masaki. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Since World Mental Health Day is on October 10th, I thought it would be very fitting if we talked about our mental health journeys. So yeah, how are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm doing pretty well. I, like, during quarantine, I I was, like, doing really well because there was no, like, school and no schedule. And I guess I thrive under those conditions because I was having a lot of fun, spending time with my family, which is, like, really weird for me because I didn't get along with my family before quarantine. And then now we're a lot closer, which is awesome. So, yeah. That is so true. I feel like everyone through quarantine just kind of, like, had a good phase. Because, like you said, there's no school. There's no homework. Exactly. literally one of the best times. And, like, my parents, they also work a lot. So, like, during quarantine, we weren't able to go to work. So, it's usually really quiet in my house. But then, like, when both my parents were home, it just suddenly got really loud. And I was like uh this is kind of weird oh i have a funny story it was like the first day of quarantine and i wanted to hang out with my friends which was probably not smart it was two friends and we were outside my dad followed me the whole time to make sure i was social distancing and then my dad went to go use the bathroom so then my friends and i were like we're gonna run away and then we ran and then it started raining and then we came back and we were super wet and then i got in trouble and so the beginning of quarantine was kind of rough in my family and then we're like best buds now so that's pretty lit you know <laughs> dude whenever your dad comes onto the project <laughs> at a to c meetings that is literally the highlight of every single meeting he just roasts me and it's um, immense <laughs> yeah my dad's a legend <laughs> which year of high school was the worst for you um okay sophomore year was kind of tough with for me but it was just like it got better towards the second end because I made a lot of great friends and they helped me through a lot. But I think freshman year was probably rough because I was really scared of high school. I, was, I came in thinking like, oh, everybody's doing drugs and oh no, I'm going to get devoured alive and stuff. And I worked really, really hard. It was like, now I look back, I'm like, how the heck did I do that? I would like, except for first period, obviously I was sleeping. But <laughs> like I would go home and study for tests two weeks ahead. I was like a mad lad, bro. And yeah, <laughs> so I think that and I got really burnt out. And then towards the second half of sophomore year, I was like done. <laughs> I was burnt out. I had senioritis freshman year. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Like high school was so different from what I thought it would be. And like, I think because that expectation just kind of crashed, I was like, well. Yeah, I, I get you, bro. I, I guess I came in really scared. I, because I, I, most people I hear, like, they're excited for high school. They're like, oh, now we have more freedom. We can drive and stuff. And then I, I came in like, oh, people doing drugs. And <laughs> I was so scared. Dude, I didn't think, like, a lot of people were, like, saying, oh, people actually do drugs in school. But, like, I never thought too much of it because I've never actually seen people do it. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I think it was last year. And I was, it was the end of the day. And I wanted to go to the bathroom and I walked in there. <laughs> the bathroom. I walked in there, and it smelled like marijuana. I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of whack." I didn't expect them <laughs> to actually do it. But I think it's kind of sad. You kind of get used to it. You like show up and like, "Oh, of course, it smells like weed or something." <laughs> it's like it, I should not be used to this. But yeah, it'd be like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I think the worst year for me in high school was end of sophomore year, actually, and then junior year too yeah because like 
junior year, you went from like one to two APs to like four, four. to five. Yeah. <sighs> it's, yeah, don't even get me started on AP classes, bro. <laughs> it's tough. I think freshman year, I I don't regret anything. It's just, I think basketball was a big contributor of me not enjoying it. I, okay, so even before freshman year started, I had marching band right during the summer. And I would go five days a week. And then on the one day I was free, I would go to basketball training. And I'd train for like three hours. I'd go weight training, then straight to ball handling. And then the next day I'd have like tournaments because I was an AU or there was a fall league for basketball. And I just thought like I have to work as hard as possible if I want to like, you know, become a good player or become a good student. I was really keen on being a great student athlete. And I'm the type of person who doesn't really think in the moment. I just do things. And so I guess I didn't realize, but... I was burnt out before I knew it. And by the time I realized, I was already like crying after every game during basketball season or, yeah. I, I think another didn't help was like, my I'm not saying my coach was bad or anything. He was just really rough, you know. And I've had yelling coaches before, but it wasn't like, it never felt personal, I guess. And in a way, I think I was being too sensitive or I guess it's not smart to think that way, but it was a tough time and I blamed myself for everything, even though sometimes it wasn't my fault and I blamed myself. It was a lot of pressure and I remember by the end of basketball season, I there was times, oh, this kind of sounded so emo, but <laughs> it was like, um, I couldn't get out of bed because it was just, I remember my parents dragging me to tryouts for AU, which mm-hmm. is like club teams. Like, I, I literally dragged me out because I was like, I don't want to go. I can't get out of bed. And it was really tough. And then I joined a club team my freshman year, and I actually ended up quitting halfway through. And I felt really bad. And I was I showed up practice and I was crying. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then after that, I started getting nervous for everything, like concerts for band or before marching band competitions. Start shaking and you're really nervous. It's and then I can't think, and it was really really hard. I think it's just overwhelming pressure. Like high school. You need to take seven classes a day. Yeah. And then you're expected to do sports. And then you're expected to do volunteer. And then you're expected to do everything on time and on a deadline. Mm-hmm. And especially for those who set, like, expectations for themselves and who does, like, are aware of the people around them. It's just super, super overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. I I felt that. Because, <laughs> like, I don't want to disappoint anyone. Yeah, that's it. But then you don't want to disappoint yourself either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely a people pleaser, especially during basketball. I'm just here to please people, which I don't know. Maybe some people think that's kind of whack, but I do it for now. I do it for the team or the people. Before it was like, I want to do it for because I want to be a basketball player and do the best I can. Now it's more like I have cool teammates and I just want to have fun, which is nice. What steps did you take to kind of get you out of that slump? Um, so I went to therapy from 8th grade to 10th grade, I think, until second half of 10th grade. And I guess the reason why I went, I, well, first of all, I told my parents, probably the worst way ever. And then, but they were very understanding because um, my, my parents like understood. And so they took me, I remember the first session, it was so awkward. I was like sitting there, I didn't want to be there. I was like, why am I talking to this lady? <laughs> and it was, it's tough. But then. The first few sessions, I think that's very honest and it was very helpful, actually. I remember the one thing she said that really helped me was like, don't let the situations control you. You can control the situations, like do what you can do, which is like 
now everybody knows that but at the time I was like oh my god she's so smart I was like brain explodes you know and then from there I got a lot better and then obviously freshman year happened and I got really overwhelmed but I never told her the truth I was I would always just joke around during sessions and avoid how I actually felt or maybe I was lying to myself maybe and so it wasn't as helpful as it should have been but the thing about therapy is that you actually have to actively work to open up it's not easy but it really does help if you really 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 try to be honest to yourself and to them because how are you supposed to help yourself if you're not honest to yourself you know so I did stop going because she thought I was healthy but I'm like kind of regretting that I'm like maybe I should have told her more I feel like people don't really open up about mental health issues because I guess there's a bad stigma yeah definitely my my mom she's like kind of against therapy uh I guess it's kind of like a stigma especially in East Asia I feel like you know it's like your brain you're supposed to control your brain how come you suffering and especially for like I guess I'm like I'm definitely in a privileged situation where like I can afford therapy and a lot of things and it's like how come I like can't why am I feeling this way even though I have all these things in favor of me? And so you kind of blame yourself. And uh, or at least for me, I blame myself. And I didn't let myself be vulnerable, you know? It's hard to become vulnerable. For sure. Because like, I feel like you always need to be kind of just not confident, but like you can't break down kind of. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like I didn't even let myself take breaks because I was like, oh, I got to keep doing well, you know? Like, I had such high standards for myself, so I was like, no breaks for me. And then, well, you know what happened from there? <laughs> but yeah, I think the biggest thing that helped me was definitely having friends where I can talk to. So that way, it was like, actually, I was probably more honest with my friends than my therapist, which maybe that's not good. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I like now I can talk to my friends for hours about anything, which is, I think that's awesome. So mm-hmm. The biggest breakdown I've ever had was actually in quarantine as well literally I went through such a flurry of emotions in quarantine because a lot of people like especially with the SATs some people already took their SATs and they had a good score in like the winter or like even the fall and then like my score was like not that great um, especially with the places that I wanted to go to and then so I started being very harsh on myself and just felt really really behind And so every day I would always tell myself, like, why are you so behind everyone else? Why can't you be like everyone else? Why aren't you good enough? And with AP classes as well, there was a lot of work in my classes and I just didn't have good time management skills or not necessarily bad time management skills. It was just I was afraid of doing bad. And then so I just didn't want to like be confronted with the fact that I can't do something so then I would like pull things off and especially in one of my classes um, I wasn't doing very well and in the beginning of the year I was like getting F's and my teacher was like oh ev- that's okay everyone in the class gets F's at first and bro, then I felt they that. Slowly, I, like, math, math is the and one bro I felt I that <laughs> I just felt so behind everyone else in that class because everyone did get kind of like bad grades in the beginning but I was seeing everyone else doing so well raising their grades and I just felt so stuck and I wasn't moving along with them it was like they were running in a race and I was constantly behind 
and I was very thankful for my teacher as well because he helped a lot and then he was also very patient with me but I just couldn't just shake off the feeling that like I'm so behind and that really really consumed my thoughts so then every time I got a bad test score I would just think to myself well now you're just dumb you just can't do it and then just every test score started to define how smart I thought I was yeah I know how that for me I think that class was lame although I didn't really try I would show up and I'm like okay I'm gonna get an 80 on everything you know okay Mr which is my Lang teacher, his nickname is B-Wolf because he gives everybody's Bs or b minus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not it, bro. And I show up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a B, whatever. And I guess I kind of gave up. I'm not like, I didn't feel a lot of pressure on myself for grades because I was like, oh, as long as I can have fun in high school. At least that was my attitude after, you know, the breakdown in freshman and sophomore year. But then I remember, oh, it was so tough. I was doing in- indoor drumline and basketball at the same time. And that was kind of a mistake because I would... I would show up to morning practice at like 6 a.m. And then I'd go to school. And then I would stay after school, practice for indoor because I was always behind. I can't read music for my life. So I was playing a mallet instrument. I cannot read music. So that's a disaster. So I'd practice for like three hours, then go to basketball practice, then go to indoor practice and get home at like 9.30. What was I doing with myself, bro? And then I would do my homework afterwards. So the third quarter hit. Like I had a basketball game. We won. But I, uh, it was a good game, actually. But then like right after my grades dropped my math grade went down seven points and then in one week in one week I felt like three things and then everything went down by a letter grade and I was like whatever it doesn't matter but like you know how it'd be I don't think I'm like oonga boonga brain so I'm like <laughs> everything is okay whatever and then I show up to basketball game I feel fine I'm listening to music with my friend having lit time and then we play and then I'm like oof I don't know what I'm doing on this court and I felt like it felt like a detachment. Like, I just wasn't with my body. And then, so my coach is like, what is wrong with her? So they pulled me out. And I, I sit on the bench and I start sobbing. I don't know why. I'm like, huh? I thought I was fine. And I'm sobbing like it's crazy. And I literally cried for the whole game. I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, why can I stop crying? But I remember, like, feeling really, really tired. But at the same time, I felt really loved because my teammates were very supportive that night. Like, I felt really bad because it was a playoff game and um, I'm like point guard, you know, and I cried for the whole game and I let my team down basically. But they were like, it's okay, you know, we all doing that. And the coaches were really, really understanding as well. And my friends were there and they were like giving me hugs and stuff. It was really nice. So I remember that, like, you know, school doesn't really define who I am, I guess. I mean, I also remember that I don't notice things until too late. My emotions just solely control me, which is another thing I realized that night. And I think back to that night a lot because it's very nice, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. My I'm the type of person that goes by emotions mm-hmm. rather than my brain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, a lot of the times I do without thinking first. And then like after I do the thing, I'm like, bro. <laughs> Actually, though, no. Actually, I was talking to my friends the other day. It was the biggest brain conversation I had in my life. I'm, it was amazing. <laughs> but it was like, they were like, have you ever thought before? Like I have two conversations going in my head. And I was like, I can't relate to this at all. <laughs> like, what is this? What is overthinking? And then my friend was like, yeah, I struggled during quarantine because I overthink. And I was like, overthinking? Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just so lost during that conversation. So I'm, it's nice to know I'm not alone on the, the emotion thing. <laughs> yeah. it's So like whenever I feel sad, 
that just controls my entire day. Like, I'm unable to do anything. I'm just so kind of immersed in that feeling. Whenever I'm happy too, that's like I'm centered on that happy feeling and like nothing else really matters either. And then sometimes that other thing is school and I just kind of kind of forgot about school. That's actually like I can relate that to another level, bro. <laughs> That's like me with like um being stressed. I'm like before concerts, I'm like, I practice so much. I know like logically I am prepared for this concert. And then I stand on stage and I'm like, Oonga Boonga, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, what instrument am I supposed to hit? And then I mess up a lot, which happens a lot. But, you know, it's OK. A really sad thing is so I play the violin and I used to really love the violin. And then now I feel like my passion for it really just declined. It was really sad. That's kind of me with basketball. I really love the sport. And then now I'm like, I can't even watch. Like, oh, if my teammates are listening to this, I'm sorry, bro. But like, I can't even watch basketball on TV. I'm like, oh, get that out of my face. I love playing it. I love being on the court. I love talking on the court. That's my favorite thing ever. But just like my passion did wane. And now I just do it for the people. It, that sounds so cheesy. But seriously, that's what <laughs> keeps me going, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, I'm in orchestra because of the people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like listening to like classical music. I do love seeing other people play the violin. Mm-hmm. Just like I feel like it's not more so me; it's more so like for others. You know, I I feel you, bro. <laughs> it's like people always discredit like having being with people as a motivation. Like that's a really driving motivation, and I think you should be proud of that motivation. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if anything, I'm more motivated now than ever. Like, I work out a lot more because I want to, you know, play well for the team. I don't think that's a bad thing. I know. It's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, some people say do it for yourself, but then some people do it for others. And I think it just varies with the person. Yeah. Like, if you think you can do better, if you do it for yourself, then you can do it for yourself. But, like, I feel like if when it comes to, like, validation from others that's when you shouldn't really depend on others mm-hmm. like especially when it comes to body image or like um being loved or not yeah like, it sh- you shouldn't seek validation from others and i feel like in that sense relying on other people isn't a super good idea but yeah it's all about balance but i think i never really struggled with like getting validations from others because I think, first of all, I'm kind of, like, selfish and, like, I hate being told what to do and people controlling me. So that's why I, like, show up to school. I don't give a crap about what I'm wearing. And I'm, like, I am mad when people tell me what to do, which is also a fall. But it's also a good thing because I've never had to bend myself to be friends with others. You know what I mean? And I'm always, like, you have to like me for who I am. Like, I guess that's selfish. But it's also, like, I guess a good thing. I don't know. No, that is a good thing because I struggled with that a lot. Like freshman year, I I was really scared of talking to new people because I was like, oh, they need to like like me. They need to think I'm cool. They need to think blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then that was just a very toxic mindset to have because I was starting to do things for other people rather than like myself. Like I liked what other people liked. <laughs> no, I get you, bro. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I've gotten better. Mm. it's it's a process for sure everything's a process like like mental health and um even like making friends or even finding your taste in music everything is a process it changes over time and there's no rush for anything Mm -hmm. it's not something you can just kind of solve overnight this sounds so 
zen but like you gotta find yourself you know you gotta you gotta connect with your inner inner feelings and meditate i'm just kidding <laughs> meditate i actually did some meditating during a quarantine but then i stopped after a week because i was like i don't know my brain would just go like oh today i want to make cake or something and then i got distracted <laughs> no same and i talked with my counselor for a while because my mental health is just not there and she was like you should try meditating and I was like okay I'll try it and then I think I tried it for just like a few times I was like this is not for me I don't know <laughs> like I can't sit still and like focus on whatever they're saying you like do something yeah I was definitely like listening to podcasts so there's a podcast called 10% happier and I was listening to that for like a week straight and I would like like go weeding and listen to that podcast Ooh, I sound like a like a good child going weeding and then um <laughs> but then like after a while it's just like these guys are too in their emotions bro they're like I didn't understand what they're talking about so I'm like this is not for me bro I think music was a huge kind of help for sure oh I don't know how to describe it but like music is so comforting and Mm -hmm. it's awesome yeah it helped me through a lot too I like to listen to like lo-fi music I'm not sure if you know but like I listen to lo-fi it's basically just instrumentals Mm. Yeah, I actually do listen to lo-fi when I study and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. It's so nice. I Especially during um, March when we were doing that fake online learning. Yeah, it's fake. Okay. And then um, <laughs> I would always listen to, even during the AP exams, I'd put on, like, some KRNB chill playlist or something. And I, w- I was so in the mood. Dude, KRNB and K, like, indie music. Yeah. Literally sure. the bomb. So actually, the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my like music taste really evolved i used to really love classical music and like okay my classical music phase was kind of a pretentious phase like i wanted to be that like classy Mm. elegant like bougie classical music and you know that wasn't for me but i still like listening to it when i'm studying but like it evolved from classical music slash pop to like indie music r&b yeah I think for me, oh, that's going to be cringy, but I loved 21 Pilots in middle school, bro. I was that person. <laughs> and, oh, I also listened to a little bit of Panic of Disco. I was kind of like the, I wasn't ever like emo or anything, but I did listen to a lot, a lot of alternative, or not mainstream, although 21 Pilots is mainstream. But I was like, you know, I'm different from everybody. I listen to other music. Yeah, I was definitely pretentious as well. And then now I just listen to whatever. I listen to, like, I love Kendrick Lamar. I listen to rap, pop k-pop anything honestly whatever comes on my playlist i listen to it and i like it and actually even like anime music too which is yeah i really like it i like the melodies it's really nice yeah mm-hmm. the soundtracks are so yeah for the, especially the jazzy ones oh, i love those are my favorite those are my favorite ones i don't know if you've heard of the movie your name oh bro i love that band i they're so good yeah mm-hmm. red rooms mm-hmm. the whole soundtrack was so good yeah it was I can talk about that band forever like I did listen to them a lot when I was probably ninth grade or 10th grade when your name whenever I watch your name Alrighty, is there any last words moral of the story for the mental health journey okay be willing to or I guess it takes time if you you're not comfortable with opening up then take your time don't don't force yourself because then you'll be uncomfortable but just know that people are more understanding than you think. Like when I told my parents, they were very understanding. And when I went to therapy, I hated it, but it, she was very understanding with therapist. And when I told my friends, 
oh, talking to my friends is probably the best part. They Then I can hear their perspective, which is always different than mine. Like, if not complete opposite, I notice that most of my friends think opposite than mine. I do. It's really nice. And they can give you advice that you'll never get. And when I talk, I notice things about myself as I'm talking. Because I don't notice things as until it comes out of my mouth. So it's helped a lot. So, yeah, I think talking to the friends is the best thing that happened to me. But maybe for you, it might be different. Like, maybe for you, it'll be uh, talking to a therapist or doing meditation. And that wasn't for me, but maybe that's for you. So there's many things out there and be willing to try something. Yeah, I agree. You can have those meditation periods or you just kind of <laughs> work on yourself and figure out that way like everyone gets through mental health differently and it's okay if you're kind of stuck in that period for a while because I promise sooner or later you'll get out of it and also Hunty, don't blame yourself okay if you're sad you're sad bro everybody has feelings that's true that's true don't try to suppress your feelings yeah don't be like me and notice too late <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, and that concludes today's episode. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. That's pretty lit, bro. <laughs> if you guys want to check out more about this podcast, you can head over to the Instagram account for this podcast at Finding Souls Podcast. You can talk to me, submit ideas, or do whatever you want. And of course, you are welcome here whenever and wherever. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Slippers. Slippers. Slippers? Slippers. Is someone with the bumps on your feet so it hurts when you walk? I'm the type of person that hates wearing anything indoors. I hate wearing socks. Oh, what? I hate it so much. I, yeah, I guess, I mean, for me too, I walk barefoot like 90% of the time, but like my feet get cold. I think my circulation is kind of garbage because my feet get like next to my greens. Literally, my hands and feet get so cold easily. Like, I refuse to wear socks. I have this really bad habit. My mom always, like, yells at me for it. Like, as soon as I get home, I take off my socks. And sometimes <laughs> they're just at the front door in the living room or in the kitchen. Like, I take them off unconsciously. Oh, wait. I do that, too. Yo, I do that, too. I sometimes don't even realize I'm taking my socks off. My mom's like, what is this? <laughs> Hurry up and clean it up. <laughs> the kitchen. That is so funny. I do that, too. I'm, like, watching TV. And my socks are already off my feet. And I'm like, my feet are cold. Where did they go? <laughs> It's really funny. And my living room's a mess right now. There's like five pairs of socks. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in the taking off socks gang. So No, it's worse when my cousins come over because like my cousin, their family is so different from mine. Like my family's pretty chill. And then so they roast me every time they come to my house. Like, oh, we see students' socks. I'm like, let's not talk about that. That is so funny. If I ever go to your house, I'll, I'll point it out. I'll be like, Susan, what are these? <laughs> You know all my secrets now. I'm, I'm excited to roast you. <laughs>